Well, let me start off by saying good morning once again, and it's so good to be able to speak to you. Although, you know, we're not in church together, we can still get online and begin to talk to each other like this to encourage you basically from the Word of God. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in and uh, watching our service online. And I trust that you have been really blessed by the services. Our whole desire is that we want to see the Word of God, you know, get into you. Not just uh, just a message that we bring to you, not just because we've got to have a service. But I want to see that the Word of God gets really inside of you. And that's why, you know, we, we emphasize different things, uh, thoughts that might encourage you, thoughts that might lift you up, uh, believing that the Holy Spirit of God will take the Word of God and make it become alive to you, that His presence will become so real to you. I trust you enjoyed yourself in the worship. Isn't it good to be able to sing and, and to sing songs like, uh, in the midst of the storm, I will be still and know that you are God. I trust that God has been very real to you as you worshipped Him this morning. I trust that you had a great time just, you know, praising God and allowing the presence of God to come in because the Word of God says very clearly that when we begin to praise and worship Him, then what happens is His presence comes down and He enthrones upon the praises of His people. Before I go any further, I want to say also thank you so much. Every every week we just look at the offerings that are coming in and we are so surprised. You as our church, we can tell that you love this church very much uh, with your faithful giving. Really, honestly, you have been so faithful in your giving. And for this I know and I pray that God would so richly bless you in all that you do and bless your families and that peace will reign within your home. Joy of the Lord will always reside in each of your habitations. Amen. Last Sunday morning, I spoke to you about the storms, and that, that's a very uh, familiar portion of Scripture I know to you. But today, once again, I want to continue on that topic on the storm roared while the Savior snored. And it's taken again from Mark's Gospel 4, 35 to 41. And, uh, you know, we, we've already gone through this Jesus uh, when it grew dark. He said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side. And after they had sent the crowds away, they shoved off from the shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that went with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care? Don't you even care that we are all about to die fully awake? He rebuked the storm and subdued the sea and said, Hush, he shouted at the sea, Calm down. All at once the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. And he turned to them and he said, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, Who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? And may the Lord add his blessing to the word. We, we spoke about certain truths that we must embrace uh, if we are to go 
through any storm or any crisis in our lives. And, and these are the, the truths that I shared with you last Sunday morning. Let me just briefly state them to you. Truth number one is that God is sovereign. He decides. He chooses times and seasons in which we go through uh, difficult situations or, or joyful situations. He decides uh, when that happens. And we have to understand that God is God and that He is sovereign. The second thing we talked about was that in order to start something new, we've got to separate from the old. The crowds had to be removed. God places us in isolated situations at times so that he can speak to us like he did with Joseph, like he did with Moses, like he did with Daniel. Uh, there, there are so many scriptures where you could go into, even with the apostle Paul, he says, all have forsaken me. And there was a reason for that so that Paul could come up with all these beautiful letters to encourage you and me. So this, this morning, you know, as I go into this story again. I just want to recap these truths with you. And uh, one of the truths we talked about was what we expect is not necessarily what we can receive. Now, of course, they would have expected to uh, 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 the Lord to bless them. They're going to have a wonderful, safe journey because Jesus is lying there in the boat. Everything's going to be fine, but things began to turn around. So sometimes our expectations can cause us to be absolutely frustrated when they are not met. Right. We also we talked about that simply saying that when we go into life, we've got certain expectations, but not everything that we expect is going to happen in the way we would like it to happen. So we have to embrace that truth as well. Then there is another one the truth that we needed to embrace, and that was Jesus will always hear us. Now, the prayer that Jesus, uh, the disciples prayed was not a very nice prayer. It was a prayer of accusation. Don't you care? But they woke him up with their voice. And, and we can uh, cause God, of course, God does not sleep. But when we cry out to God, it doesn't matter what the storms may seem like. God will hear us through the noise and, and everything that's happening around us. In the midst of it all, God's going to hear us. And we also said that there will always be a time limit for every storm. The storms don't go on forever. A crisis will not go on forever. The plague will not go on forever. COVID-19 will come to an end. We do not know when. It is the timings of God. But every storm has a limit to it. Now, my personal observation, as I began to go into the story again, uh, one of the things I, I began to think about was we forget the fact that Jesus was actually altogether man. And so I believe that Jesus did not really know that a storm was coming. He just wanted to get to the other side. He was very man. But I believe that he was totally prepared for it. See, if we, in order to face our tomorrows, we've got to learn to prepare for today. Some were just not prepared for, for the storm, this COVID-19 to come in. They were just totally, most people are just, were just unprepared to handle this crisis. And so that's why they are just trying to figure out what shall we do? What shall we do? But if there was preparation made, then we can learn to face our tomorrows. And that's what I believe our entire education system has been. It is preparing us for our future. We begin to uh, study, we, we, uh, parents mortgage their homes, they begin to try to, uh, you know, get as much finances saved up and because they want to get their children to go in the direction that they should be going. So uh, we prepare for our future. Now, Jesus spent a lot of time 
teaching his disciples. The reason he began to teach them is because he wanted them to be prepared for all that life would be throwing at them. Now, of course, we know that when we go to school and we begin to study, there are always exams. We expect we, uh, tests to come. So the seasons uh, uh, of teachings that Jesus exposed his disciples to was to prepare them for the tests that would eventually come. Now, a good teacher will always test you on information that they have taught you, right? Uh, for example, you know, it says when Jesus fed the multitudes and then they got into a boat at another time, it says they did not remember the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. So sometimes we forget the lessons in life that we have actually learned. They were meant to prepare us for the future. But in this incident, let's get back to the story. In this incident, there's a, there's, there's a storm that's that's even threatening the experts. Seven out of the 12 disciples were fishermen. And, and it threatened them. It threatened everybody on the boat. And in the midst of this, Jesus is sleeping soundly. Now, what good is a sleeping savior in a storm? I mean, well, and so the question uh, that they asked was actually valid. It's like, Lord, we need you to help us. But you see, have, have you also noticed in this whole story that they came to Jesus. I believe that they had faith. They really believed that Jesus could do something. Or did they? I think the reason why the Lord was silent was so that he could provoke something from inside of us. There, there is that need uh, when, when we go through a period of silence in a storm where we can be provoked to, to come to a place of desperation where we will just cry out to him. But think about this for a while. Did they really have faith in Jesus? In fact, Jesus said, you don't have faith. Didn't he say that? He said, you don't have faith. So it was not so much that they had faith in Jesus. I mean, they saw him as a man. They didn't see him as this Messiah. They saw him as a man. They were the experts concerning uh, uh, going out to see. Jesus was not, and yet they came to him. What did they expect him to do? Sometimes, you know, we begin to wonder why they actually woke Jesus up. But let me just begin to go into this, this whole story once again, give you some points. Let me talk about the kind of rest that Jesus had. It is a rest, first of all, it's a rest that is totally irrational. Here is the storm. I mean, the waves are rocking the boat like crazy, not only just rocking the boat, but bringing water constantly into the boat. The wind is howling. The Bible says it was a storm created by a strong wind. So in spite of all of these things, Jesus is sleeping. Psalm 23 talks about the Lord making us to lie down in green pastures. And, and uh, those of us who have visited Israel and uh, we've seen the country, we know that Israel is a place that is just an arid kind of a place. I mean, there's hardly anything that grows. Uh, now, yes, they have turned the desert into a garden. But before that, a lot of the places that David walked in with his sheep was not a very nice place. It was all dry and everything. So in order for a shepherd to, to, to have green pastures, to lead them into green pastures, he had to create uh, 
an area where stones had to be dug out, where thorns had to be dug out. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he uh, uh, went to the cross. He took away uh, the thorns of sin. He took away the boulders, the stones of the burdens that we carry, took them all away and created for us a posture that we could go in. But that's, that's beside the point. The point is this. He makes us to rest. He makes us to lie down. He gives us a rest that is irrational. I'm thinking of Rahab in the Bible. Think about Rahab. Now, here is Rahab in a home and she has been given news. Now, in order for you to escape the, the, uh, the battle that's going to take place and, and, and the armies of Israel coming in, in order to escape, what you've got to do is you've got to put a red cloth outside of the, your window so that it'll hang down. And when they see the red cloth, they're going to spare your home. But remember this, that the walls of Jericho fell down. Now, while it was crumbling all over, when everything was collapsing around Rahab, she and her family had total rest because they knew from the promise of God that nothing would happen to them. Now, I'm praying that this kind of peace would begin to reign inside of our hearts in spite of all that is happening around us. And like Jesus, he'd like that to happen to us where everything around us seems to be collapsing. Jesus is in absolute control. We come under the covering of the blood of the Lamb. We are blood-bought children of God. And so he, that peace of God, it, it, it does not make any sense. A peace that passes all understanding. It is irrational. Let me also say something else. Uh, this rest is completely instructional. Now, it teaches us a lesson that we could learn, all right? Now, the storm actually was not about them. I want you to understand that the storm was about killing the Jesus in their boat. The enemy has always determined to try to kill the Christ from the beginning of the promise that was made in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. The enemy has sought different ways to try and kill every firstborn, every uh, of the Jew, because it is from their line that would come the Messiah. He has tried several ways and because he did not succeed and the Messiah did come, he will try to kill the Christ within us by sending different storms so that Christ might die inside of us. We, we would deny him or we would say, where is this God and, and give up on this God. Uh, so it is all about Jesus. You see, Jesus was in the center of God's will. He knew he was in the center of God's will. In fact, at one time he said, I know who sent me and I know where I'm going. I know that the Father has sent me. So Jesus knew that he was in the center of the will of God. He knew that he was fulfilling a particular mission. And that mission was to go to the other side because there was a man there who was completely filled with demons. Completely filled with demons. And that man needed deliverance. So knowing all these things, Jesus slept. Now they did not know that he was God. They knew him only as that man. And so this is the thing that happens. The third point, the rest that we are talking about is a rest that irritates. Now, as I said before, why did the disciples wake Jesus? Now, remember that Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? At face value, it seemed like they exercised faith, but actually they believed, they, they did not really believe that he could do something about the storm. He was not a fisherman. What would he know how to do? Why go wake him up? Uh, when they were facing the storm. They didn't believe that he could actually st stop the storm. I believe 
that they woke him up because the kind of rest that Jesus had irritated them. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's like they wanted Jesus to join in their panic. Why are you just uh, uh, lying down? Why don't you stand up and do something? You know, have you, ever, uh, have you ever had the spirit of Martha kind of thing where you begin to say, you know, Lord, look, look, look at Mary. She's doing nothing. I'm working so hard. We, we want people to just panic with us. We want them to uh, become frightened together with us. So we send out texts hoping that others will join us and say, amen, I feel the same way, you know. Uh, and if we are not panicking like uh, they are panicking, then, then they get really upset. They get very, very upset. It can irritate us. Why do you just sit down? Why don't you get up and help us to bail water out or, or hold on to the mask or help us to hold the oars together? Jesus, don't just sleep. It's the kind of rest that can irritate people, all right? I also want to suggest to us that it's a rest that can be imparted. It's a rest that can be imparted. When Jesus stood up, he spoke the kind of rest he had to the storm. He began to speak. The disciples, you know, were there in panic, panic-stricken guys hanging on for dear life. And Jesus speaks the peace that he had, first of all, into the storm. And when he spoke that peace, they saw that this peace could be transmitted. It could be imparted, imparted. And that's exactly what Jesus did. See, when the disciples were so traumatized and, and afraid, and later on, you know, they saw Jesus, the man that they left everything to follow, beaten up. I mean, he was tortured, and they saw the blood, they saw the agony, they saw the passion of the Christ. <laughs> Right there itself in reality, not, not on the big screen. They saw it all. They saw how he was crucified. They were totally traumatized. And they became so afraid. The Bible says, yeah, uh, listen to this. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 19, 19 through 22. Let me just read this to you. On the evening of that day when Jesus was crucified and everything, uh, and, uh, you know, what what. One of the days of the week, the first day of the week, the disciples had gathered together. They locked the doors of the place because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. If they could take this Messiah, this one who, who had all kinds of miracles uh, happen at the spoken word, if they could take him and, and do all these things to him, what more would they do to us? So they were terrified, the word to be afraid of the Jewish leaders meant to be terrified. And then Jesus came and stood among them and he spoke this rest, this peace into their very hearts. Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced. They rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you, just as the Father had sent me, I also sent you. And after he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So this rest, this peace that Jesus gives can be imparted, but it must be received as we receive the Holy Spirit. 
because he is the one to come and shed God's peace and God's uh, love into our hearts. He's the only one who can bring that uh, into our lives. Amen. So I, I want to I just bless your heart and pray that God will continue to speak into your heart because I'm saying this, you know, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. Read that one more time. There is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience, which simply means we are functioning with a peace that is not really the kind of peace God would like us to have, a completeness of this peace, a completeness of this rest. We are still not experiencing it yet. And he's saying it, it is waiting for us. You know, if there is anything waiting for us, it means that heaven is so ready to give it to us. Heaven is so ready to speak the same kind of peace Jesus spoke into the storm. So this morning as you are listening, I, I just pray that if God is speaking to your heart, if he's not, you know, that, that's fine. You, you, this message you feel is not for you. That's, that's fine. But I'm talking to those of you who still have this storm inside of your heart, inside of your mind, and you need Jesus to come and speak into your heart. I know he's like a roaring lion, but yet at the same time, he's this wonderful savior. You know, when the disciples saw what had happened, they were filled with fear. This time, I mean, it was a different fear altogether. It was a fear that overshadowed the fear they had of the storm. It was a fear that caused them to see Jesus in a totally different light. And I pray that through this crisis, through this storm that we are going through, Jesus would speak his peace into your hearts so that you will see him in a totally different light altogether. Let him speak that peace. It's just waiting. It's like on the outside waiting for us to say, come on in Jesus and speak peace into my heart. There is a peace in the midst of the storm, a rest where we can put our heads down, lie down in the midst. You know what David said? David said, he makes me to lie down in the midst of my enemies in the midst of my enemies. So all these things that are coming against us, it seems like a great flood, but oh, may God speak the same peace he spoke into the storm over your life. And I pray that this morning that you would begin to just say, Lord, I just received, speak into my heart. Spirit of the living God, speak into my heart. Speak the same peace you spoke into the storm. Say to my troubled heart, hush, be still, be calm. Give me the rest that you had, Lord Jesus, so that I could go down at night, lay my head down on a cushion, go to sleep, not being afraid, like Rahab not being troubled while the walls around her are collapsing. She is just so secure because God gave her a promise that you and your household shall be safe and secure. And I pray the same prayer for you, that you will understand the promise is still true for you as it is for Rahab, as it is for the disciples. You will get to the other side. There will be peace and you shall come out of this stronger than you were ever before. Amen. So let's just pray together. Let me pray for you and bless you in the name of the Lord. Father, I am so grateful for every time you give us the privilege to just speaking a word of encouragement to your people. Lord, there are many things that our mind finds very difficult to grasp. We, we try to understand what is happening, but we fail to understand it. 
No wonder your word declares to us, cast all your care upon me because I care for you. So this morning as your people listen to this message, I pray that they would learn to just bring their cares to you. They will open their hearts to you. And Holy Spirit, you are just waiting to just come and impart the peace of God into every heart that opens up to you. Once again, I pray, Lord, we will find open hearts this morning where you can invade with the power of your peace that passes all understanding and give them the kind of rest that they need to have, a rest that can be imparted to every person that is within uh, hearing of this, this message for today. I thank you for each one of them. I thank you they tuned in. I thank you they are watching it. Lord, it's not by accident that they are seeing this, but God, you're going to speak something powerful into their lives. I promise to give you all the praise if you will just lift your people up in peace and grant them rest in you. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Now, as I begin to bring this meeting to a close, let's just lift our hands once again. And let me just bless you. Father, I right now bless your people. I bless them, Lord. Cause, bless them and keep them and cause your face to so shine upon them and be gracious unto them. Lord, lift up your countenance upon them. Give them peace in all their homes, I pray. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, the blessed communion and fellowship and the intimacy of the Holy Spirit be with each one. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Let me just also say this to you. I'd like you to tune in for our Bible studies. I've never done studies on the on the end times, but this is the first time I'm doing it. I had to put aside all my previous kind of thinking in regards to the subject, just getting the Bible, beginning to study it in the light of different, uh, uh, you know, authorities to help me understand the Word of God and I'm telling you it's an exciting study. If you are not a member of our church but you'd like to tune in, every Tuesday we have a session together. On Tuesday night at 8 o'clock we begin but you could just tune in to the message. I want you to know you're going to be tremendously encouraged uh, concerning what's going to take place the end time events all right not just end time events but how jesus is going to come for us and uh, talking about all that subject so i i pray that you will tune in every tuesday as well god bless you have a great week all week amen we are glad you joined us for church today i hope god blessed you and spoke to you through the amazing worship and message remember kids alive service is happening right after service it's at 12 p.m Get the link from Teacher Joanna. Stay in touch, stay connected, and stay safe. Bye. Yay!